here's the article from Journal of, Amer Journal of the American Medical Association uh, from a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> and it says, autism prevalence has been on the rise for, in the US for decades, and that's progress. Okay, I thought that was an interesting title. I had to see what they were talking about. So just to give you a, uh, <clears throat> a brief overview of what they're saying, and a quote, why has autism prevalence increased so dramatically over time? This doctor said that the evidence points to more awareness, improved identification, and better understanding of the ways autism manifests in people. What looks like an autism surge is attributable largely to external advances in the ability to understand and characterize the condition. Although research can't rule out that more children today than in the past develop signs of autism, there's currently no good evidence to support this. Really? Does doctor and the experts say the evidence for an epidemic of diagnosis, on the other hand, is plentiful? Okay. So what about this article <clears throat> that came from public health reports just this week? The prevalence and characteristics of children with profound autism from the, from the years 2000 to 2016. So just to give you an example of a little chart thingy. <clears throat> All right. So if we look at this here chart. I'd like to talk to this doctor about this. <clears throat> if we look at this here chart, it says profound autism, which in other words, these are minimally speaking kids. Profound autism in the year 2000 affected a prevalence of 2.7 out of 1,000, and now it's 4.6 out of 1,000 kids. And non-profound uh, uh, autism was at 3.9 per 1,000 in 2000, and now it's 14.3. So <clears throat> are you telling me that the number of profound cases that I'm seeing in my practice is because people are diagnosing them better? Like, this made my hair stand on my end and still does talking about it. Because, <clears throat> I've, I don't know how long this <clears throat> dude who wrote this article has been in practice, or if he practices at all, it was just a researcher. <clears throat> but I look at this, and I'm like, you know, you can skew a statistic to make it say anything you want. And you could say something like, well, it's because we're diagnosing better and we understand autism better. And yes, there's definitely, I could, there's kids in my practice who are diagnosed with autism who probably really don't fit the autism category. They might have years ago been called Asperger's, you know, uh, when they, before they changed the diagnosis, Asperger's. The difference between autism and Asperger's when it was a diagnosis <clears throat> is that autism, the child did not speak or had a lot of trouble speaking before age three, whereas Asperger's, there was no real speech delay, which I think they should have kept. And, if they, and I get why they didn't want to keep the name Asperger's because uh, he has been, now been associated with some atrocities in Nazi Germany, but they could have changed it instead of glumping it in as called high-functioning autism. I don't think that is really a great... But anyway, <clears throat> so there's definitely kids in my practice who are on the spectrum but really don't meet, in my opinion, the criteria of it. But man, I am seeing the kids and the adults for that matter who are absolutely on the spectrum and absolutely meet this criteria. And there's more than ever before. 
And this shows it. So, so like, I'm looking at this. These two papers came out a week after each other. And I'm, I'm like, okay, this guy over here says that there's an epidemic of diagnosis. This, pa- this paper here, the prevalence and characteristics of children with profound autism, says that we went from 2.7 per thousand to 4.6 per thousand. That's like a 50% increase. Okay, so how do you explain that? And then in this, I don't, one of my favorite things I love doing when I get papers like this is like, you can see they tell you other papers to look at there on the right-hand side. So one of the other papers to look at was this one here, mental health emergency related department visits. So I said, oh, that's interesting. What is this gonna be about? So I went here and actually this is the first one that I came up with. National trends in mental, this is once again from this May. National trends in mental health related emergency department visits among youth, 2011 to 2020. Um, while the total number of pediatric and adult young, young adult visits in the emergency department has remained relatively stable from 2011 to 2020, the proportion of visits for mental health reasons has approximately doubled, including a five-fold increase in the proportion of visits for suicide-related symptoms. And then to the other article, once again, also in JAMA, uh, but from March of 2023, pediatric mental health hospitalizations at acute care hospitals between 2009 and 2019. In this retrospective analysis of four million pediatric hospitalizations, the annual hospitalization for mental health diagnosis increased from 160,000 in 2009 to 201,000 in 2019. Hospitalizations with a diagnosis of attempted suicide or self-injury increased from 49,000 in 2009 to 129,000 in 2019 and comprised 64% of mental health hospitalizations in 2019. Mental health hospitals should account for more than one quarter of all hospitals days and half of all the interfacility transfers in children and adolescents. Holy cow. So is this better diagnosis too? The reason we have more kids who are, who are going into hospitals committing suicide is because we have better diagnosis and we have better awareness. You know what I really can't stand about research? Well, there's several things. <clears throat> but the, the one thing I really can't stand is just tell the truth. Just tell the damn truth. Just tell the truth. I'll get to you in a second once I'm done with my rant. I, this really bothers me. And then this article here, I, I couldn't get, it's not listed. It, it can't, I can't pull it up without like a subscription. Teen girls are faring worse than boys on nearly all mental health measures. <clears throat> Today's topic is going to be the brain injured child. And someone said to me yesterday, a patient said to me yesterday, um, her child was having some troubles rolling. And she said, are we having an epigenetic issue with all our kids today in that so many of them are having so many issues hitting their developmental milestones or having all these mental health issues. And I said, absolutely. And she said, what do you think it is? <clears throat> you know, she says, obviously, like, we didn't, you know, her age career was in the 30s. We didn't have all this stuff growing up, and now it's everywhere. And for, so for someone to say, and I, I understand why he, this doctor said this, but for someone to say, Autism prevalence has been on the rise for the U.S. for decades, and that's progress. 
I can see where it could be progress in that it's good that we're getting services for these kids. But I think this is a very flippant way of saying what he needed to say. Because I mean, I may not be someone in the community who has autism or is then with a kid you know, with autism directly. But I think if I was a mom and I read this, I'd be like, how dare you? How dare you say that's progress? Right? Because, and, and, and then, it, to me, the reason that the prevalence is so high is because our country and the world is so messed up. And let's just call, let's just call it as it is. <clears throat> if we're seeing an increase in mental health disorders in every category, from suicidality and self-harm and anxiety and depression and autism and ADHD and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and MS and all this other stuff, something is wrong and it's not progress. And that gets me really upset to see that.